We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwert with you. couple breaking news items throughout the show today. Just get you caught up on what we'll get back into during what's trending. The Royals making multiple moves in the last 24 hours. The latest involving Alberto Mondesi being traded to the Boston Red Sox for Josh Taylor. Also a player to be named later from the Royals side that will go to Boston at some point in the future. Uh, J.J. Piccolo held a press conference earlier today and, and mentioned kind of what, Cody, what you were saying. We've both been saying just about like moving forward. And, you know, this might be the best thing for Alberto Mondesi. And then also yesterday, the Royals trading Michael A. Taylor to the Minnesota Twins for a pair of relievers, including a left-handed reliever, and uh, it feels like maybe there will be more moves to come. But two moves very active the last 24 hours for the Kansas City Royals. J.J. Piccolo also in his press conference mentioning that uh, 85 to $90 million is kind of where they believe the payroll will be, and some of that is going to Just you know, depend. they've been around, seven, yeah. they're around 77, 78 million after these moves today? Yeah, gives you an idea. We all know that Granky's still out there potentially. There also could be another trade that, Freeze up some money. All that's in play. We'll get back to that a little bit later on. But we got our guy, Nate Taylor, from The Athletic. Of course, the host of the Nate Taylor Show on 610 Sports Radio Monday nights in studio with us as he is each and every Tuesday. And I warn people, I said, like, Nate's always got energy. Nate's always excited. But I feel like there's a whole other level to <laughs> Nate Taylor. AFC title game week, Nate Taylor. I love this week of football. Um, as, I, as I texted Nick, I had to figure out when I needed to, like, stop writing and researching because um i'm deep into the film uh this is great because obviously they've played three times uh over the last two years it's much of the same players um so you're trying to anticipate what you could see sunday obviously everybody's wondering about Mahomes. uh yes i am aware that he that he did a mini <laughs> workout last night yeah uh, what, what do you in make town. of that the whole face so for those that don't know yes uh, there is a Facebook post with one of the chiefs, you know, somebody was at a private gym workout facility in town uh-huh. and there's a photo that appears to be. Oh, it's him. And now you're confirming it's it is him. him. Okay. Yes, it's him. Um, Patrick Mahomes got mm-hmm. like ankle weights on and all that mm-hmm. and doing some workouts. What are, let's start there with the ankle. Like, what are you kind of hearing? What's the vibe like uh, in terms of in the organization with Patrick Mahomes and his health? So I didn't believe Andy Reid yesterday when he said that the right ankle high ankle sprain that he sustained Saturday against the Jags was not as severe as the left ankle sprain he had on opening day, ironically, against the Jaguars in 2019. I didn't believe Coach. I'm like, I look, okay. Coach is – look, you got to be optimistic early He also in the wouldn't week. give a grade strain, so yep. it didn't feel like <laughs> – Doesn't help either, much. Coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he has to be optimistic. I understand that. Um, we, we don't know exactly how the future is going to project. But with understanding – that Pat did something last night that is like, okay, that's legitimate. That is something that I can actually hold. Um, and now it gives me great anticipation for tomorrow's opening practice of this week. Really what it suggests is that, like, he's playing. There's no more, um, you know, cloudiness 
unless he has some severe setback in practice this week. Then why is the line moving? Because normally that would be injury. Is somebody else hurt I don't know about? Don't, don't talk too loud, Mr. Tap. They, they, you know, if you're going, if you're going, if you're going to bet for the Chiefs, uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this on. I'm waiting for like three public radio. Uh, no, I think, I think part of it is uh, the public understands that Cincinnati is on a like impressive winning streak that you have to acknowledge. Um, they just destroyed Buffalo, a team that um, was not nearly as good as they were at the start of the year. I think part of it too is. You just haven't seen Mahomes. There is no injury report that I could point you towards. Like if it says full participant on yes, Wednesday. Then it might change. Yeah. Uh, so there's no injury report that I can point you to that also that I can, again, hold, you know, that I can actually hold in my hands. This is real information. So he was with Bobby Stroop last night. Um, I think it's probably still up, but, like, you can go on Brittany Mahomes' Instagram page. Yeah, the kids, they were out there. Just, to, just to double confirm uh-huh. or to get a third source. But yeah, like and this, Bobby's trooper's tweeting about all kinds of medical stuff. I don't understand. Well, <laughs> um, I agree. Is what I'm ultimately trying to say. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm also not a doctor. But look, if he's one of the more, and I'm trying to say this as as best I can, based on the information that's been given to me, but he is one of the most flexible athletes that Bobby Stroop has ever worked with. Flexibility does come into play when you're obviously trying to build strength, obviously change the direction. Um, he, he, he does so many unorthodox things with his body that it's, that obviously it takes a trainer's own vision and uniqueness to sort of, you know, bring out the best and obviously improve some of those areas. Um, so he's not the traditional quarterback and that may help him in this sense because I mean, if having, I mean, look, I'm, I am not 27 years old. I am not playing quarterback for the chiefs. I'm not putting ankle weights on my ankle two days after no. two and a half days after I done sustained a high ankle sprain where everybody saw. Um, so this, this bodes well for the team. I do sort of project that he'll be limited tomorrow. I don't think it's necessarily wise for the chiefs to have him go through all the reps. Um, they also need to get Chad Henney more involved with the first team offense, just because as a safeguard, basically because he didn't have any first team reps last week uh, for, for understandable reasons. But with this, situation I think it's fair for them to split the reps Wednesday and then see how Patrick feels Thursday morning and if he's still you know trending in a positive direction then you might say okay well you know Saturday's or excuse me Thursday is 75 25 and then maybe Friday for situational stuff you know it's just a lighter practice than Thursday and Wednesday he might take the the full reps what what is the difference you think we, we see on Sunday with Mahomes, though, because no matter what, we know he's not going to be 100%. There's no way that's possible with a high ankle sprain. But just how limited do you think, knowing what you know right now, it's Tuesday, I get that, uh, that he may be? I mean, is it is it going to be more of an impact when the pocket breaks down? That's when we're going to really notice it. Is it going to be, does it change how they even have to do, as Cody and I were talking about, you know, when they were trying to run the stretch runs, like it was a, mm-hmm. it was a problem for him mm-hmm. to reach out and hand the ball off. Where do you think we'll notice it the most? I don't know even if he feels as great as physically possible in seven and a half days that you could ask him to be under center a ton. You know, this changes the calculation for short yardage situations. Like, they're going to have to have even better stuff than they've shown already. Obviously, the Noah Gray quarterback sneak didn't work. I don't know if you want to put Blake Bell in that situation moving forward. Where's Michael Burton? He might be, you know, more needed in short yardage stuff. 
Um, one thought I had yesterday was that maybe they would put him in the pistol because that steals allows the running back to get that usual run up to the line of scrimmage differently than obviously being in shotgun um, where all the eyes are on you anyway. Um, obviously, the Chiefs run a really nice run game where it's, it's very gap, push forward, you know, double team type of action. So stretch might not be in the playbook. Orlando Brown's going to have to have an amazing game. This is it. There's there's no more, you know, he's had really good times. He's had strong play. The last time the Bengals played the Chiefs, he was relatively pretty good, except for the one snap we all remember because he lost so bad on a three-man rush. The offensive line is going to have to be excellent. Jarrett McKinnon is probably going to be more of a pass protector than probably a receiver in this game. You're obviously going to have to rely on Pacheco to be effective. But, yeah, it's the change of direction. It's the pocket collapsing. And I would advise the Chiefs to have at least an outlet for every down and distance situation you want to throw the ball so that he can, as he says before, sort of dirt the ball. If I feel pressure, if I can't move the way I want to, I just need to throw it in the general area of someone so that we don't have intentional grounding or I don't take a sack that could aggravate the injury um, from obviously last week. I know we can talk about like the, the Bengals defensive coordinator has done a specifically a great job against great quarterbacks. Yep. So there's probably some juice there, but asking them to give good protection from Mahomes doesn't seem like a big ask. I know that sounds right. They were fourth worst in sacks. Yeah. They're as bad as the chiefs were get worse. Actually, they have less sacks this year mm-hmm. than the chiefs had last year. They don't get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So unless, like, unless it's a blitz, like they did, you know, last week against Josh Allen, where their blitzes were so were so exotic or so unusual here, that they, they did get pressure. Yeah, but they were the only teams who had less sacks than them were the Raiders, Falcons, and Bears. Like, they weren't good at getting to the quarterback. You have mm-hmm. you paid the highest paid left guard in the NFL. You have the best center in the NFL. You have one of the higher paid left tackles you traded a first-round pick for. It's like, I don't feel like we're asking that much. I know that sounds crazy. It's like, I don't think asking the offensive line to have a great day is asking some big favor. But it's 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 absolutely necessary. Yes. You know? Um it's a little different. Like the Jaguars were getting to be a better, you know, pass rushing defense from the front four. Obviously, yeah. Trayvon Walker was getting better. They still had Josh Allen, um, Alden Key in and around the quarterback. So it was at least impressive that when Mahomes came back into the game in the second half on Saturday, that they did only give up one quarterback hit. And that was when Mahomes was just buying time so that MVS could cross to his, throw the touchdown. Yeah, to yeah. cross his face or throw the touchdown in the back of the end zone. Um, that's the kind of statistics you want to have. Sunday, like, hey, he only got hit three times, and all three times were mostly I got the ball out and the defender was right next to me. Um, now, I would I wouldn't be surprised if, if Cincinnati wanted to test his ankle and push him to the that's, ground. And hey, if that's a fifteen yard penalty and we got to take it early in the game just to get a feel of what the refs are going to allow and how his ankle's going to withstand, hey, that's he's on the field, y'all. It's a violent sport. Yeah. So, so that so that can happen. But I do get the sense that Trey Hendrickson has beaten um, Orlando Brown with some inside moves, with some power to go inside. And then Sam Hubbard, uh, their other defensive end for the Bengals, um, he's done a really nice job of second effort. And I think that's something that when you rewatch the games, um, that might be the one sort of uh, extra point for Orlando Brown is the Bengals are really good at second effort rushes. Like, hey, uh, we know Mahomes is going to extend the play. That might be a little bit different now. But the reason they've gotten to him at critical moments in these three games is because the first read isn't there because the back 
you know, the backside is doing something a little bit different or they're trying to take Travis Kelsey away to the best of their abilities. And then it's usually when he tries to go to two to three or to scramble um, that either Hubbard or Hendrickson are in the area and they can make a sack. So you just don't want him to take any sacks in this game because that increases his chance of getting into a rhythm to staying upright and then figuring out what he can and can't do with his body in terms of throwing the ball, being accurate downfield. You want him to, like, get into a rhythm, obviously, in the first quarter, but you don't want that to be stagnated in the third quarter because he took a sack. Do you believe that uh, in, in one of the ways to protect Mom, maybe this is something that gets adjusted as the game goes on, depending how Wiley and Brown hold up, but you know, having Blake Bell back, how big is that also? Like, I know they've had him back for a couple weeks now, mm-hmm. but how big is that considering you're maybe looking? Maybe you have to keep in a, a tight end more than you obviously would. You know, There's maybe a chance Jody Fortson is ready to go for Sunday. Yeah. How does that play into this as well? Yeah, they're going to have to be um, really strategic when they take shot plays. And the player that they can do that with is Marquez Valdez-Scanlon. In the last meeting, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon was the reason that they be- they beat the Blitz a few times. And then Lou Amaruno, the, the defensive line or the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, was like, I got to stop blitzing because we can't cover MVS one-on-one. Yeah, the two catches, right? Yes. Yeah. Two For deep. 70 or 80 yards total. Yeah. So, yeah. so they can be in some of these two tight end sets or, heck, you could even have Kadarius Tony in the backfield with – Isaiah Pacheco or with Jarek McKinnon, and you still have a receiver, whether it's Watson or MVS, who can run vertical routes to give you that third layer of the offensive play. But, yeah, they're going to need their tight ends to chip, to chip and release. They're going to need Jarek McKinnon to just be as good as he's been all year and picking up the blitz and recognizing that it might not be this person, it might be that person. And at the at the snap, you realize which defender's coming and which defender's not and obviously execute at a high level. So – um, the screen game. This is this is a screen game just waiting to happen. The Bengals might know that. I would still <laughs> say run the screens because you got Kadarius Tony, you got Pacheco, and you got um obviously Jerry McKinnon. Does so, that put Mahomes in a vulnerable spot though? If you're going to be running screen, I mean, with the pre- I mean, it, obviously a screenplay, you're getting a free rush in some cases, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to where they can they can get that ankle mm-hmm. or like is that that scares me a little bit, I guess. One of the funny things, though, is if you know they're blitzing on certain on certain down distances yeah. where you are on the field, or if you know that they're dropping back into that sort of cover four quarters, cover two to some extent, then now you have space to sort of expand on the field. And if the line, you know, if the linemen reach their landmarks, um, you at least have yards after the catch of you know potential with the players I just mentioned. That like, hey. It does get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Yes, he it does expose him a little bit. Um, but if you want to move the ball down the field and not have the quarterback go through 40 traditional dropbacks, which I would say sure. let's not do that unless he is absolutely feeling excellent, um, then there's there's just a number of ways to, to keep the Bengals honest, to keep them off balance, to keep them to having to think. I think getting in that pistol formation at least is going to have to ID them as to where their matchups are. Um, they've seen the Ravens do that. They've actually been pretty good when they've played the Ravens. Ravens ain't got no receivers, though. So it's something where it's like, hey, we're in pistol. You still think, you know, Travis, you still think Jarek, but maybe MBS, Juju, or Justin Watson can get open on the second layer. On the other side of the ball, did you realize Frank Clark still had juice? Oh, I... I, I this kind of juice? I think he was the first person to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, think he, I think I was the first person 
to tell that uh, that he was ready for the playoffs. You know, um, I've said this before, but um, I wrote a feature on the Athletic last week. People can go look it up. It's the you know one last ride between Frank Clark and, and Chris Jones because you know Frank Clark might not be on the team next season, um, and obviously Chris Jones is eligible for a, an extension, which means you know things could change. Obviously could they, trade, could yeah. There's yeah, a lot of choices. Obviously, they drafted Carl Loftus obviously at the position as well, but. Couple weeks before the regular season ended, uh, Frank Clark told me specifically that a storm is coming. And hey, we have been. I know, I know, he said that, but I didn't believe it. I thought maybe a drizzle. I did. (laughs) Storm. (laughs) I I was like, I I didn't see Frank Clark storm in a while. I kind of did because you talked to Joe Cullen, the defensive line coach, and obviously I'd had some conversation with Frank. um, You know, off to the side during the week, where I was starting to understand that like what their plan was, which is obviously to feature Chris Jones the most. And then it's really Frank Clark's job to get George Karloftis as ready as possible, along with Joe Cullen, along with Steve Spagnuolo. And then it's about managing Frank Clark's, really his, I mean, his, what, year He played all season, too. Yeah, he played all season. He only missed the two games because of the suspension. It was about can can we, can you pick your spots at times? And then can you, can you, can you unleash what you have? It's like Carlos Dunlap. Yeah. Like, he's going to end up turning into Dunlap's career, isn't he? He's going to go play with, like, four contenders over the next four years. And he's going to be there seven or eight sack guy and the guy who maybe comes up in the postseason for them. And he's smart enough to know that, like, I don't have to chase sacks anymore. And I think that's something that Joe Cullen, um, and it's in the piece, but that's something Joe Cullen really got across to him is that, like, you've already done it. You've already been the guy. Like, Chris gives us such a mismatch versus most teams that, like, it's his chance, it's his turn to be the star of the pass rush, whereas in 2019 it was the opposite, right? Like, Chris was getting the pressure, Frank was getting the sacks. Now it's about, hey, making sure that you are obviously sealing the edge, that you're aware of the screen. I mean, his tackle in the open field against the Jaguars, I mean, that's all based on film study, instincts, and recognition as to what to do. Um, And look, that's a splash play, but like, also, what are you doing in your rush lane integrity every passing situation so that the quarterback has to stay in the pocket because guess what? Chris Jones is, is lingering somewhere to clean up the sack. So they've done, they've done a really nice job, but it was, it was something that I, when I talked to him, it was just like, okay, I can, I can kind of see it where like, you think like the time is now. And then of course he gave an absolute fire quote after the game where he (laughs) put it on Twitter where he's like, when the money's on the line, you know who to call. And I just, (laughs) I just looked at him and said, this is why he is the best quote in this, in this era of Chiefs football. One, we got to make sure the stomach's right for Sunday. Make sure his stomach is just coated with Pepto and everything all week week long. But then comes Sunday. I told Cody, like, Obviously, hope the Chiefs win on Sunday. But if they do, there's nothing I'm looking forward to more yes. than on the field, yes. post-game interview, unfiltered, <laughs> uncensored, Frank Clark, with all the trash talk that's going on in Cincy. Oh, they talking. What, what do you they make they of are that? talking. The, the Chiefs are going to be completely quiet all week, especially you know after it. what happened with Justin Reed the last go-around. Yep. But if they win Sunday night on that field, there's going to be amazing quotes that are amazing coming out. Amazing quotes. And from Frank Not to just Frank's at the top of the list, Oh, though. Mahomes is going to make some snide comment. I'm, and then and then I'll bet Justin Reed has some real words to say. And Frank Clark will be fantastic. And Chris Jones will probably have. It'll be like it'll be the it'll be the cat. You know the call right. Yes. Bad signal up. Like all right, yes. boys, we can say whatever the hell we want now. Now one of, one of the one of the crazy things about the playoffs because there's nowhere to hide, and I think that's the beauty of it. It's a one game sample, and there's nowhere to hide. Even in the snow, everybody can tell y'all don't look right, Buffalo. Yep. You know. 
Stephon Diggs is the guy, you know, spreading his arms out in front of his quarterback. Like, why, why are you not accurate today? Like, what is going on? Like, you are not accurate this entire game when we know we got to throw the football to, to stay attached to them and to obviously, you know, have a comeback. There's just nowhere to hide. So in one week, you can feel like you did everything right, that you are competent, that you're excellent, that you have proven to everybody on a national stage with the only game on television that you are a Super Bowl contender. And then the next week, it could go all bad, all quickly, so fast. Like, the season is so long, and it ends so quickly. And it doesn't take a lot because even Tony Romo in Sunday's game was like, I don't know, Jim. Well, he was asking 100 questions it's throughout four, the game. It's 14 nothing, and <laughs> I don't like what I'm seeing. And I, yeah. I, at that point, I was like, oh, this is – this is bad, bad. But that's always a good reminder, like with just Cincinnati. Because I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, you could be scared of Cincinnati anyway. They've been you three straight times. But that was their best effort. That's the best they played. I mean, I'd go back and watch them the week before and be like, what the hell were you doing against the Ravens? You looked off. They looked they look tense. They yeah. Look, they looked yeah, tense yeah, yeah. like, hey, we're expected to win. They're standing there on the one-yard line getting ready to go down a touchdown with 10 minutes to play. I mean, they were they, looked they were feeling it. Yes, they look. I mean, they're human. I mean, that that's the beauty of the playoffs. There's there's literally if you no, lose this, it's gonna matter. Yes, it, and it's, yeah. there's no way to hide. And so you know, it's all about one play leading up to the next. But at that moment, you everybody feels the tension of that play without knowing what's gonna come behind it. You know, uh, following it. I mean, obviously the the best play for the the best play for the Bengals this entire season was Von Bell tackling, you know, J.K. Dobbins at the one yard line. No one would have said that. No one would have predicted that. But it all sets up, obviously, Sam Hubbard's, what, 98-yard touchdown return. Yep. I mean, you just don't know what's going to come before the game-winning or game-losing moment. But, like, everybody feels it. So they can feel great because from start to finish, they never felt stress. And that's a little bit different than most playoff games. They're going to enter Arrowhead, whether Mahomes is fully healthy or not, they're going to enter Arrowhead stressed because – Every game's been close, and they know that. And, yes, they've been the victor in the last three games because they made the most plays in the fourth quarter or in overtime. But, like, I can't imagine a better script for that team. Like, hey, we got through our little test. You know, like you said, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Whew, all right, didn't lose to Tyler Huntley. We're up 14 nothing with, like, nine, like, eight minutes into the game? Yeah. Oh, we get to dictate everything from this point on. And, by the way, like, the Bills didn't change anything on defense. It was an abomination from Leslie Frazier, in my opinion. Um, you know what? But you say that, and that's been maybe my biggest. I'm not the, like, let's crush bags guy. I've hated all of his plans against Cincinnati. He got a better one because the, like, let's wow, just let yeah. Jamar Chase go one on one plan sucked. So let's move on. Then the let's drop eight and let us pick apart. That plan didn't work either. Right. I'm going to need a different plan, Nate. <laughs> I got a plan for you, and it doesn't involve Spags doing a damn thing. That is tackle the way they've been tackling the last yes. month. Yes. Yes. We, all, help. we yeah. all saw the screenshot. Jamar Chase, four guys around him. Nobody could tackle him. Yep. If they can tackle the way they have the last month, that to me is how the defense all of a sudden were saying, wow, so much better defensive performance. I think tackling, duh, is going to be important on Sunday. So I told y'all at the start of this, I was spending a lot of time writing and researching. You want to, you want me to, you want me to drop a stat that? Let's hear it. That, yeah, like, let's hear it. Is this like for a future athletic article? We're getting like yes. a preview. <laughs> yes, this will be in, this will be in tomorrow's article because you know I'm I'm going to write basically what are the four lessons that this team learned and has to like actually apply on Sunday, and one of them is tackling. <laughs> um, to your point, Mister Gold. 
this is where the eye test needs to be backed up by the statistics. And then the statistics tell you, oh, your eyes is working. <laughs> <laughs> this season, this is through True Media and Pro Football Focus, um, you know, first contact by a defender but did not make the tackle. So I get there first, and, like, he's still running. The Chiefs this season averaged 13 and a half plays on defense. 13 and a half. Per game? Per game. Now, that tells you a lot of young guys and keep everything in front of you, which is I think the Chiefs have done actually a pretty good job this season is keep everything in front of you, even on the Christian Kirk play. Keep him in front of you while he's running right by us. (laughs) (laughs) We have two safeties accounting for this. Against the Bengals. It was a great throw. Against the Bengals in this game earlier this season and in the AFC Championship game last year, you want to guess how many plays they've had. Plays. Where the first offender got there and did not record the tackle. Twenty-five. Well, I'm guessing it's less. Uh, I don't know. No, your no. Eye, your eyes yeah. is gonna work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 pretty astonishing. It's twenty-five plays. Again. Oh, it, oh, it was twenty-five. Okay. In the okay. last, let me repeat that. In the last two games against the Cincinnati Bengals, last year's AFC Championship game, which went in overtime. Twenty-five. And <laughs> earlier this season, there have been twenty-five offensive plays. Where the first offender made contact appropriately, but did not bring the ball carrier. Let's try down. to put that on Spags. Yeah. Yep. So here's. <laughs> but the t- I still say that Jamar Chase playing stunk, but that's fine. Here's well. Here's what they. Here's a change that they made for the game earlier this season. They actually blitzed less, which people were calling for, and they thought he's still going to want to try to throw a lot of deep balls down the sideline. Now, he did, and they were less successful because Trip McDuffie is that dude. And even with, you know, Joshua Williams on the field, Jamar Chase still had to work for those yards. And actually, when he made the catch, give credit, Joshua Williams actually brought him down. So there's not like a long catch and long run for a touchdown. The issue was they thought, hey, we're going we're gonna to protect these rookie cornerbacks as best we can, but it does leave the middle of the field wide open. And Nick Bolton, sorry, man. P. Ryan just ate. It, it was it was not pretty. Nick Bolton had five plays where he was the first player to make contact, and he did not bring the ball carrier down. Legereus Sneed, hey, you want to play nickel? Cool. Legereus Sneed had four of those missed opportunities. Justin Reed had three. Willie Gay had two. So it's your middle of the field that has to improve in this game so that now that these rookies have this experience against obviously elite wide receivers, you can hope that they'll that they'll really win some of the 50-50 balls. That maybe Jalen Watson's gonna do an even better job than Joshua Williams did earlier this season. But you can't have those opportunities if you cannot tackle the ball carrier. There there were so many times in, in these last two games where third and six, third and four, great. All right, let me just run, let me just throw this little swing pass. You know, hey, let me let me let me check it down. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. You know, because I'm Joe Burrow, I'm maturing. Maturing right in front of your eyes. I don't have to take the deep shot all the time, especially when y'all can't tackle. And that's that's why they beat them. They 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 devoured the middle of the field earlier this season against the Chiefs. Defense. How many times are we going to see? Because we saw it a couple times in the first matchup, and I thought it was interesting. The Joe Burrow would go. It'd be a second and two, and they just go ahead and do a QB sneak and just get it over with. It was kind of interesting to me. A lot of times you take a shot on second and two, mm-hmm. but two or three times in the Chiefs Bengals game, they you saw Joe Burrow. On a second and two, just go QB sneak, which I thought was interesting. Part of that is possession. And that's something that they actually equipped and manipulated and to the detriment of the Bills on Sunday. We got up 14-0. Cool. Guess what we about to do? Run clock. Mm -hmm. Run clock all day. You know where we're going to be? Third and two. Hey, it's first and ten. We're just going to tell you right now it's going to be third and three. You going to stop us? Hey, you know – I thought the Bills did a fine job. Hey, they expect QB sneak because, like you just mentioned, Joe Burrow known for that. All right, check at the line of scrimmage. Run a little pitch out. All right, we're going to be in third and three two plays later. It just runs clock. And, again, it sped Josh Allen up because he's already down 14-0. He knows he's going to have less possessions in this game than he normally would have. And the offense feels pressure because the other offense is just having six-minute six drives, seven-minute drives. And I think – Part of that obviously equated to, why would we give Patrick Mahomes 60 snaps? Why? We need to limit this as best we can and obviously execute at a really high level in the red zone if you're going to use that type of you know, game plan. So I think the, the, the Bengals can go one of two ways. They could try to be ultra aggressive like they were against the Bills and then get into the possession game. Or they could just try to say, let's just keep the formula that has worked before with the Chiefs, which is, we're going to have to convert on third down. We're going to have to keep Burrow upright. And a lot of that is, hey, 
hitch routes, and then we take our shots downfield when we feel like it's advantageous to us in the middle of the field. Nate Taylor from The Athletic, always great stuff, man. Appreciate it. We'll be uh, keeping an eye out for that article as well on the biggest takeaways from uh, the Chiefs and Bengals' history with each other there. Good insight from Nate. Coming up next, we had a chance to catch up with our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino of the Royals. He was actually in Buffalo. He saw Cincy firsthand, so you'll hear that conversation next. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload of football <laughs> tweets. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio. Thanks again to Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Great stuff as always. Nate Taylor show Monday nights here on 610 and also his work over at The Athletic. Earlier, though, we had a chance to catch up with our guy, Vinny Pasquantino. He was uh, in Cincinnati or in Buffalo for the Cincinnati and Bills game. Uh, So we'll take uh, a listen to our conversation with him where he uh, gave us the lowdown on what to expect for the Chiefs and Bengals Sunday at Arrowhead. Now, joining Cody and Gold. Hey, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning, let me tell you that. It's your 2022 VinFL Insider. Are his hands going to get any bigger? Royals first baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. As a uh, potential future Chiefs fan, we hate the Broncos. All right, Vinny Pasquantino is joining us. First of all, though, I think there were some Chiefs fans that were a little concerned, Vinny, when they saw on your Twitter feed you were in Buffalo. You were at the Bills Stadium were you a neutral observer, or was there some rooting interest there? I was a neutral observer. Yeah, I've never seen the Kansas City people turn on me so quick. You know, <laughs> I figured at some point it was probably coming, but I just didn't know it would be that quick. Uh, our good friend, Bobby Witt, he posted that he was in KC with a pin next to it, and I texted him. I said, watch this. Um, and I tweeted that I was in Buffalo, and very quickly uh, my feed turned very negative on me quickly. Um but, yeah, that happened. But I was just there scouting. That's all I was doing. Is there on a business trip? Um, you know, got to see a football game, watch the Cincinnati Bengals punch their ticket to the uh, to the Geha Field Invitational. I know that you are, you know, you're going to grind the tape later in the week, so certainly we can get some more analysis there. But what was your initial scouting impression of Cincinnati? Of uh, Cincinnati is just that they were a more physical ball club in the snow than the Buffalo the Bills were. I would say that. Don Miller not playing for the Bills, that's where it made its impact was that game right there. Nobody could uh, – now, again, remember when you're at games, you, it's hard to get the stats because they're not just forced down your throat all the time. But uh, I don't remember Joe Burrow ever even getting touched. So um, you're going to need to get to the quarterback if you want to beat the Bengals. That is a fact. Same same goes for if you want to beat the Chiefs. You, uh, you were there with – what, Ryan Fitzpatrick was there? Uh, who else were you sitting by, and how was the interaction with Fitzmagic? Yeah, so Ryan Fitzpatrick was sitting five rows behind me or so, and I get a text from Chris Rose, and he says, hey, go take a picture with Fitzpatrick. It's like, uh, <laughs> say no more. Uh, will do. And so I did. That was it. I, I literally fanboyed about as hard as you possibly can. I, I just went up there. I said, hey, Ryan, uh, my name's Vinny. Chris Rose told me to come take a picture with you. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And that was it. <laughs> uh, How did Chris so, Rose know that you guys were five rows apart? Uh, well, so this is where it gets a little hazy. 
either somebody told Chris that he was there or I told Chris he was there. I cannot remember. Um, it was snowing, you know. So, yeah, it was snowing. It was, uh, you know, you know how it goes. When we're talking about the NFC side, before we talk about the Chiefs thing, we've got the Eagles and, of course, the 49ers. Is Mr. Irrelevant story going to continue? How are you feeling about the NFC title game? Oh, God, both those teams are just so good. But going to the link is so hard. It's such a good place to have your home field being. Um, I like the Eagles, I think. Last week, I kind of liked the Giants against the Eagles. But after seeing the Eagles just dominate that game, it you know, I – I, I'll just say it. I'm biased on a weekly basis. You know, I don't look at the long term. I look at the right <laughs> in front of me, and right in front of me is the Eagles were unbelievable on Sunday to the point where it was just kind of a boring playoff game. That's a good spot as a franchise when you're playing boring playoff football games. It's so rare that you're talking about just like these blow, especially in divisional round games. I feel like they're supposed to be ugly, like the 49ers Cowboys one was. Yeah, especially coming off of a few weeks off for the Eagles. I mean, it's not easy to come off a bye and just get right back in there and uh, have everything firing on all cylinders, especially with a team that was as hot as the Giants. Now, I mean, they did play the Texans, the Colts, the Vikings. Like, Not that the Vikings weren't good, but every team that they beat this year is no longer in the playoffs. Um, so that's tough for them. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I have a – it's going to be a weird uniform matchup seeing the Chiefs and the Eagles play each other in the Super Bowl. Where's the Kelsey that? brothers. Yeah, the Kelsey brothers. That's a big one. Um, they're going to have to record a podcast live from the Super Bowl, I think. I think that's the only way they can really do that. We're talking to uh, our VetFL insider, Vinny Pasquatino, here on, on Cody and Gold. What did you make of what the Chiefs looked like against the Jags? Because we know this, the huge story coming out of that is the, the health of Patrick Mahomes at that ankle. You're, you're a professional athlete. I don't know what the worst injury is that you've had, but this, this high ankle sprain sounds like a big pain in the ass for Mahomes for Sunday. Yeah, that's bad news. Um, I think he'll be all right. Uh, it, it seems to be an injury that he's had success coming back from before, which is good. Obviously, we don't know the exact grade of it. At least I don't. You guys might. But uh, I think he'll be all right and he'll play. But, I mean, it, to be honest, if – if something were to happen and he couldn't go, at least Chad Henney got a little bit of work, I suppose. He was able to play in a game, but let's just not even think about that. 15 is going to be out there this weekend. He's going to be firing on all cylinders, and it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Yeah, Vinny, I don't know if you, you – obviously you're very busy, so I, I assume you didn't catch the first segment of the show. Nick, I don't know if you have it, but uh, Cody already uh, has upset everybody in Kansas That's City. That's not true, Vinny. Listen, they're playing this out of context. Listen to what Cody had to say a few minutes ago. So I hope they lose to Cincinnati oh. now. Okay, so look, I was yelling into the microphone at the time, Vinny, because I didn't like the referee for the Super Bowl game. Yeah, well, that's, you know, see, that's that's where being a Chiefs fan is just fantastic because you can worry about who's refereeing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, just just speaking from who, who I personally like, um, other than the Chiefs, I could not care less who was refereeing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> just get me there. Just get me there, you know? But, just experience hey, it. You guys have done a nice job of building a team that, you know, is just a consistent winner. So I suppose you have that right to feel that way. What do you think? I mean, from, I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say from, from like a, from an actual play perspective, like playing through an injury like that, can you just, you know, for one game, ignore the pain? If it, if it's, you know, fifth, three, you know, four, 15 minute quarters, any of that can Mahomes really just play through it. If he's not worried about it. I think when the game starts, yes, but as the game wears on and things get a little bit more physical, depending on what the weather's like, how, how, how long, like if you're Cincinnati, not that they necessarily need to play like this, but 
if you can somehow get like an eight, ten-minute drive going, all of a sudden Mahomes isn't on the field. He's not moving around. He's just moving around on the sidelines. There's a fire truck going by me right now. <laughs> well, we hear uh, it. So oh, I hope yeah. everybody's okay. Yeah, I hope everybody's okay where that's gone. But, yeah, hopefully, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you want to have the ball. You want to control possession a little bit um, and just kind of keep them moving around. And, you know, 87 is going to get open. You know that. So just find him, see where he's at. Just hit him. He'll go for 20, 25 yards and just hand it off. I mean, between McKinnon and Pacheco, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good duo you got there that's just going to find the end zone. Vinny, I know you were boots on the ground in Buffalo. Can you confirm or deny that you will be attending this week's AFC Championship game in Kansas City? Once I get an email officially confirming my tickets, yes, yes, I can 100% confirm. Flights have been purchased. Hotel is getting looked at today. Now I'm trying to find out where I'm going to hang out with the people before the game and tailgate. So oh, that's, I don't that's, think you know, you'll have an issue finding a tailgate to welcome uh, to welcome you in. So, so that's my plan. So, if anybody out there is listening to this and you know you got a spot, just let me know. Um, I've got a you know I've got a few things working, and we're going to see. I'm excited to get in the building and feel Arrowhead on. Uh, on Sunday night, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Did you get a feel from that from Michael Massey or MJ Melinda as they came in town or were at the game on Saturday? Did they tell you what the atmosphere was like? To be honest, I've called Michael like probably five six times and he hasn't answered. So wow, uh, but you're not blocked. You guys aren't read. blocked anymore, right? I mean, you, no, you don't no, have I, him blocked he, anymore. He texted me back this morning because I texted him last night and I said, "Why are you the hardest person to reach?" And then I said, "I have other sources that say that you're impossible to reach." And then he started naming people that were not in my source book. So he's just, <laughs> he's just sourcing himself out, which is really funny. Now, I don't know if you, if you know, there's actually a listener of our show that sounds really similar to you. He actually called in on, on Friday. I think it was Chris in Overland Park. I don't know if you guys are related or anything, but you guys heard sound of really. He sounds, he sounds unbelievable. Sounds really smart. Uh, I'm going to try to find to make him whole and uh, get him a t-shirt or something, you know? Yeah. Maybe Chris is tailgating. Maybe you can tailgate with Chris on Sunday at the game. Yeah. I'll probably, I'll, I'll just send out a tweet looking for Chris, see where he's going to be at and try to find him. You know, I just want to, I just want to be with the people this weekend and then go watch the chiefs punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. And then I want to come to the Royals rally the next weekend and see all the people coming to see us. You know, I want, but I want them to be wearing red. I think when they come to the Royals rally, because, because in that case, that means the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I love it. Yeah, that, that rally sold out quick, too. We were talking to some people on Friday. I know people are fired up for that. We'll have a chance maybe next week or so to, to talk to you a little bit more about that. Well, hopefully everything works out. You make it to, to KC on Sunday, and we already have people texting in saying, Lot J, Vinny, Lot J, they're ready for you. <laughs> All right, I'm fired up. About, oh, oh, I need to get, at some point this weekend, I need to get my fiance Ryan. She's coming with me. I need to get her some Chiefs gear. So where do you guys recommend? Oh, rally, house. Four, one rally, four, house. rally House. Rally House. Rally house, got it. We're gonna we're gonna make our way there on Sunday and get her get her something fired up. Get her get her a Kelsey jersey, baby. You know, is that the jersey? Is that is that that's who she likes? Uh, No, not necessarily. (laughs) But I mean, who doesn't like Travis Kelsey? I'll be wearing my Nick Allegretti jersey. That's coming in today. I got official confirmation that will be here today. So I'm gonna get that. And then we're going to go get her a jersey, too, and we're going to make it a special weekend. Love it, man. Uh, Enjoy KC this weekend at at Arrowhead, and we'll, we'll check in next week. Yep, appreciate it, guys. So that was our conversation with Vinny Pasquantino, who he's he's telling he's probably going to send out a tweet on Sunday morning and say, "Where's the tailgate at?" I would imagine uh, Casey's going to step up. He will have no problem finding uh, some tailgates, some food, all of that for him and his fiance, who are going to experience Arrowhead for the first time. Are you going to be out there early enough to tailgate? I'm riding with other people, so it's not my decision. It's a group decision, correct? But I will be out there. But I don't will know. the group doubt I'm going to tailgate? In. You think? Uh, my guess is no. Oh. My guess is no.
Um, but if any's out, if any, if, if, any, if any's out there, if any's out there, maybe things change. We'll see. Right, Popeye, say hello. That's right. He's been very generous with his time. It feels like you yes. owe him a beer. I think so. Think Come so. on with us something, as our again, NFL also, insider the entire also, year. Something also tells me that he will have no problem getting beer if he goes to someone's tailgate. I don't think he'll need it from me. Something tells me. Yeah, fa- but I think you, you should get him a beer. Up. I mean, in the stadium, if he happens, I don't. I I doubt our seats are going to be near each other. Hmm. You know, there are about 75,000 seats. It's the, the chances of him sitting. I mean, what were there. the chances he was going to sit five rows back of Ryan Fitzpatrick? And this yet here true. we are. This is true. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick and I are clearly on the same level. Well, you're going to be sitting lower level to my understanding. Yeah, but I don't, he might be. He might be in a suite. Vinny might be in a suite. I know, but I'm just saying, I think he'd be sitting lower level, which is. That's at the, true. I think that's the worst place. You know, that, that's the lowest quality of ticket I would expect Vinny to have. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know if he's sitting up for tank. I, if I had Major League Baseball player money, I'd be 300's saying 300's where the baked potatoes are at. <laughs> 300 true. levels where those Remember, baked potatoes are Remember, 100 of you between the first and the second quarter. I you, those you forgot to ask Vinny if he was going to have a potato. <laughs> bring a potato like, Excuse me? I, that, yeah, I don't think he's going to have a baked potato brought in. Nick, you could still ask him. Will you ask Vinny if he'll be one of the 100? Because we've got Alex, no. that's 99. No. Nick says flat out not happening. Nope. Interesting. You were behind the potato thing. I don't want to bother Vinny with a stupid question. Mm, that's fair. I don't text Vinny other than to confirm things about the show. I'm not trying to, like, forge some sort of friendship with him. I know, but, you know, it seems like it'd be nice of you to ask about the potato because it wouldn't be, having then, a celebrity okay, so on this side Sometimes you say things, <laughs> and I don't think you actually, like, I, I know you hear yourself, but, like, I don't know that you understand what it is you're saying. <laughs> it would not be nice of me <laughs> to ask Vinny if he wants to eat a baked potato at the Chiefs game. He's a man of the people. Having a celebrity on our case feels like it would help. So I hope they lose to Cincinnati oh, now. Oh. I thought we agreed to play the Whopper song when things got awkward on this show. They hadn't gotten awkward though. They only get awkward when awkward. they only get awkward when you say things like you're rooting for you're the rooting. Bengals to win. Cody is rooting for oh. Cincinnati to win on Sunday. I'd like to put some context to that. <laughs> you said those. You know what? I don't think we need said. any. I don't think we need any context. Not everything needs context. You, you guys know? are always editing well things. said, Alex. Guys are constantly editing things to make me oh, sound that, worse. Oh, that was not those that words were was all not said edited at all. <laughs> the exact same constantly. order. That was said. Won't in that allow order. me to provide context. Won't let me do anything. That was in. That was in the right order. You know why, Cody? Because we've just heard enough out of you today. Quite frankly. All right, I'll sit out the last two minutes. <laughs> you think he can actually do it? I don't know. He's backing his chair away. He's got his leg up. He's you know why? Sit. You know why? He has to back away from the microphone because, because he, he knows if he's sitting next to the microphone, he's embarrassed. he will blurt something he's out. He's embarrassed. So by I hope they lose to Cincinnati. He's now. embarrassed that he said that. He should be. He should be ashamed. I, I, I'll, I'll maintain this. There's been a lot of silly things all of us have said on these airwaves since we've done this show, but I really don't believe a radio host in Kansas City has ever said they hope the Chiefs lose a playoff game, and it, we made radio history today. It's not the kind of history I hope this show would ever make, but Cody has made history today. And I thought we just talked about this yesterday, how Cody's actions, and really all of our actions, have effects on the other two people yeah. involved with the show. Yeah, reputation. We are attached to one another. So and now it's two days in a row where one specific person, we don't need to name who, has said something sort of outlandish or outrageous, and, it, and it's had a, a negative effect on us. I think it's well said as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's an accurate. You and I right. are saying a lot of, we're making a lot of sense today. That's what we try to do. Uh-huh. I mean, I think our listeners expect 
sentences that make sense to be uh, to be uttered. You know, I, I oh wow, and then, and then I mean that was well said as well. Thank you. I really I really appreciate that as well. You're uh, just gonna let that go. <laughs> sentences that make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's right. Sentences he's that make sense. I knew he couldn't. Cody's last. back. He couldn't he's last. back, baby. <laughs> Someone's, this is the type of stuff to get you blocked by Bill Snyder. I agree. <laughs> this is the kind of this stuff. This is the kind of stuff. I've said anything about K-State. He's offended by all things, Bill Snyder? Oh, man. You couldn't help yourself. <sighs> Cheddar, mozzarella, Havarti, cream cheese, Colby Jack. Did I say Gruyere? Blue? Swiss. Still impressive. Still impressive. Cody knows seven whole cheeses. And the, same, the final word. The same ones in the same order every time. Every time. We found out your favorite. That's Those right. My favorite seven cheeses. <laughs> uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, a Wednesday edition of the show. Kling's going to join us, of course. We'll get his thoughts. He'll be on the sideline. Maybe he'll be. In fact, if the Chiefs win, I want to ask him what he thinks that Frank Clark interview is going to be like on the field because uh, my guess is Kling will be the one likely conducting said interview on the Chiefs radio network. So that's coming up uh, tomorrow on the show. Up next, though, of course, it's CDOT and Rob on the drive. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.